Hello, everyone, and welcome to the clubhouse. This is our special pre-draft episode with special guest Lindsey Patterson, who is host of the hashtag BBP Bengals Beat podcast and is a sideline reporter for the Cincinnati Bengals as well as FC Cincinnati. You can find her on Twitter at LNDS Patterson. So here's our conversation with Lindsay. Lindsay, hello. How are you? Hello, hello. This is TJ here on the line. I've got my uh, friends Dylan and Doge as well. Uh, how are you hanging in there today? Uh, not too bad. How are you? We are doing well. We are excited for the draft tomorrow. Looking forward to maybe doing something back to normal here for once in a while. So we'll ask a couple questions here about the draft, and then we like to... Uh, Typically play a fun game with our guests at the end, uh, so we've got what we like to call the wheel of debate with some uh, Cincinnati-specific questions here for you. Um, but first, we want to get into the draft. So, um, big rumors today going around that the Bengals are deciding not to trade their pick here and will be uh, taking Joe Burrow with the first pick. Um, are you hearing anything different? Are there any rumors about a potential trade back? Um, what are you hearing from uh, you know just the general media and everyone? Well, it's really crazy, and um, I'll say this, and I think you guys would agree with it. Local reporting is extremely important. We've actually said this, not just the Enquirer. Everyone locally who covers the Cincinnati Bengals has said since pretty much January. I mean, some would even go back to that Miami, that crazy Miami game. Right. They were going to get... They were going to get Joe Burrow. Um, it, it didn't matter what Miami was offering. When you get a talent like Joe Burrow had in his 2019 season, that quarterback who can develop into a rookie and a franchise quarterback, you're going to take the guy and you're not going to go in and get a, just a bunch of first-round picks or, or stack up in the draft. That's not going to happen. Uh, I've never felt different about it. Uh, I know how people feel. And, and I, look, they, they've loved this team. They grew up with this team. This is their team, and they don't believe right. it until they see it. And that is fair. Right. Um, I think there are still a few people out there who aren't going to believe it until it, it, it comes out of the mouth on uh, tomorrow night until they believe that right. Joe Burrow will be coming to Cincinnati. But I, I just honestly, I've, I've never thought differently. Um, and the <clears> Bengals <throat> haven't said it. They never said, we're going to take Joe Burrow. They still haven't. Um, right. So this reports came out today. Adam Schefter talked about it. And he's, he's close with the organization, too. They want to give Joe Burrow that moment. They want to give him that moment on Thursday night where, where he gets that phone call. And I know it's a little bit different and bizarre. It's not in Las Vegas. And it's usually really fun to have those on-site drafts. But he, they still want it to be special for the guy and, and be in the first and number one overall pick for the Bengals. So I've never felt differently about it. They weren't going to give up that pick. But I think it's fair for fans to freak out until it all becomes official. Um, but, yeah, for today, just confirm what, what I feel like we already know. Yeah, I know Zach Taylor all but said it the other day. He was dodging uh, all the questions about when they are asking if they were going to pick him. So um, I know we're all pretty confident Joe's going to be going. Uh, and we're really looking forward to that. There's a lot of other rumors about the Bengals adding another you know, weapon to help Joe Burrow out here when he comes to Cincinnati, like a tight end, potentially a receiver here early in the draft. What other positions are you hearing that the Bengals are going to be focusing on here yeah, when you look at the draft, it really becomes interesting. Do you decide to trade back at 33? And, and this draft is a loaded wide receiver group. I talked with Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network today and a guy who is a former scout. And he's in those NFL rooms and he has those sources. And, and I asked him, like, what do you do at 33 when you look at this team as a whole? You guys know, you look at the linebacker room, it needs help. You're in AFC North. you got to stop Lamar Jackson. you got to figure out what you're going to do with the linebacker situation. Right. And adding, adding in the second round seems like a good idea. Mm-hmm. When it comes to 
receivers, I get it. It's a little bit of a bizarre situation with Joe Burrow, a rookie quarterback. You have A.J. Green, but he's injury-prone. John Ross is still mm-hmm, a question mm-hmm. mark. Um, mm-hmm. I still feel like there, there's confidence that he needs to gain when, when you think of his play right now. Auden Tate kind of came up last season, unfortunately got injured towards the last part right. of the season. You still have weapons, including Tyler Boyd, but I agree with this being a loaded wide receiver draft class. I don't know if you go get one in the second round, maybe third and fourth. Mm-hmm. I do feel like they will pick up a receiver just so you know this rookie quarterback has another weapon offensively, but I don't see them doing it at 33 unless... Unless, and you guys know where I'm going to go, right. and it's not—it's not, it's not going to happen. Like it's just not—he's not, not going to be there. He'll get taken in the top twenty, top twenty-five. Justin Jefferson, right? Um, he, he just won't be there. But if you were there, if there was some kind of crazy day in the first round and somebody traded oh, back, yeah. and they—I don't—I don't see that happening. Uh, but look, this is a different team right now. Uh, you look at what Zach Taylor was able to do in the off season. I feel like you really judge this coming season off what he was able to do going into year number two because he didn't have a lot of time last year. You're done with the Super Bowl. You're building your staff. And he's still learning this organization as a first-time head coach. But back to your point, when it comes to receiver in the draft, I think they will get one. I just don't see it in the second round and maybe not even in the third round. Right. No, especially because this draft is such a deep wide receiver class that you probably could get somebody in the fourth round that would still have a decent impact. So maybe we could capitalize on that and you know go linebacker offensive line here early but something that you mentioned that we were going to talk about as well is just the atmosphere around the Bengals it's a different vibe right now it's people are excited there's not you know people want to get to the stadium and watch games for once we're really excited about the draft you know what uh what caused the change in this and what caused Mike Brown and the organization to to spend some money this offseason and really like you said it's just a different atmosphere around Cincinnati right now I think they trust Zach Taylor. I I truly do. Zach Taylor has told us since pretty much last season, even when things weren't going so well, that he has daily conversations with Mike Brown in the front office. And and that stuff is is good. It's good to have that communication. Mm -hmm. And look, this guy, he came from the Rams where you saw what they did the year year he came to Cincinnati. And he just knows different things, just his mindset. I don't know if it's the younger offensive mindset with with Zach Taylor and just kind of giving him a shot at this. But I... He has this good relationship with Mike Brown and Duke Tobin, and and it really seems like it's starting to pay off. And I heard Chad Johnson, I'll give him credit, he's actually phenomenal when he Mm -hmm. talks NFL football nationally. Um, And I heard him this morning on ESPN, and and he pretty much said what I said. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I feel like Zach Taylor gained some appreciation and gained, gained a little bit of management from the front office. And he was able to show them, look, we bring in Joe Burrow, but we got to spend some money. And you look at the 49ers, for example, their defense is what helped them last season. And mm-hmm. you've got to build on the defensive side. That DJ Reader no signing was huge. And some would say a little paid a little overpaid in the, in the secondary but i think overall <laughs> they spent some money and it's better than just kind of just watching everybody else do it and they did it they, they stepped up this season and it's different but i honestly think it has a lot to do with zach taylor and mike brown and the family trusting zach taylor and what he's trying to accomplish definitely you can you can definitely tell that team believes in in his ability to to bring up burrow and then coach all these other guys and it's nice that they brought in some veterans too that can help establish you know, the locker room uh, along with him there as well. So um, speaking along some of those veterans uh, that we are hoping are in the locker room, uh, we know A.J. Green got the franchise tag here, but Joe Mixon is looking for an extension, and both of their contracts are up next year. Can you give us any news on how close those deals are getting to done? Uh, I know uh, there's a potential holdout with Joe Mixon we've been hearing recently. 
So I'll give my guy Tyler Dragon some credit. Um, he's actually pretty close with Joe Mixon, and he's been on it as far as extensions and talks on what's happening since last season, since the end of last season. Right. That stuff is happening. They are obviously talking. Uh, we don't know for sure if there's going to be a holdout or what will happen because it's just a weird off season. It's right. a virtual off season at the moment. We don't know if there's going to be training camp and, and if there is and what happens and if he comes. Um, but the last I talked with Tyler, it seemed like they were closer with AJ Green in a multi-year deal versus Joe Mixon. Here's the thing, right. guys. If AJ Green would have been healthy last season, that contract would have already been done. Right. I don't blame the Bengals at all. I think franchise tag is the way to go with him. And that's just what you have to do with an injury prone receiver who's in his 30s but he's still a top five some would say maybe top 10 receiver i say top five when you look at him when he's not injured he's a difference maker and you need that for a rookie quarterback and joe burrow um i think one question it's really interesting and and you guys could answer it too when you look at 2021 look i think joe mixon's gonna be there even if he doesn't even if even if he did i I haven't heard he's going to but even if he did sit out the virtual off-season workouts or if they have camp and he got to camp later and then joe mixon wants to win mm-hmm. and joe mixon loves football i'm not joking more than anybody i've ever been around um last season i remember just when they were having a down year and going to his locker and talking to him and that guy would not throw one person under the bus you guys know what his offensive line looked like sometimes and he would right. just be like Man, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta run harder i gotta be better i gotta be better joe mixon would come into zach taylor's press conferences towards the end of last season no player wanted to, I mean, they don't have to come in there right. i've never seen that happen in my life but he cared he legit wanted to hear what was being asked and, and, and he didn't say anything you know people were talking about the losses and, and asking zach taylor some of the hard questions but he never said anything he just listened and he, he's just somebody who all he does is study all he does is want to win. And I truly don't believe that we won't see Joe Mixon on the field in 2020. Like, even if there is the contract stuff going on, he wants to play. Right. The guy wants to play, and he loves Cincinnati. He truly, truly loves this team. And I, I think we will see him play, and that's just no no, no knowledge of, of the outside situation of that. Right. I, I think he'll be there for 2020. But I think what's interesting, if you look at this offense and say that A.J. Green had himself a season and he stayed semi-healthy, um, I mean, you don't even have to get a full season out of him, but he, but he made a difference offensively. Right. What do you do in 2021? I mean, mm-hmm. who's more important? Is it Joe Mixon or is it A.J. Green, a guy in his 30s, or is it or is it Joe on the ground? And I think that's a decision you have to make. They are kind of loading up a little bit on running backs, and they extended Geo last season, and I think that was more of an insurance policy when you look at the Joe Mixon extension in future. Right. But I just think that's a decision that you have to make when you look at 2021. Who is more important? And... I can't, I change on, like, I, 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 I say it's AJ Green, and I think he's the difference maker, and that's who you want, but then I know it's the injuries, and he's injury prone, and I don't right. know, yeah, you I don't know. Accountability, you know, you got reliability, too, you got to make sure that he's on the field and available, so, uh, but we, I know we'd all love to have Joe Mixon uh, on the team and on the field, he's a, a difference maker, just like AJ Green, so if we can have both of those guys have big years, it'd be fun to have the issue of trying to decide who we have to pay rather than, you know, having somebody have an awful season or something like that and it making an easy decision. So um, speaking of tough decisions, though, uh, the Bengals are in a tough spot here with Andy Dalton with the QB market being, uh, you know, kind of sucked up right now, not a lot of spots available. Maybe potentially the Chargers, hearing some Patriots rumors now that they have another pick after the Gronkowski trade. Um, but what are you hearing the Bengals are planning to do with Andy Dalton, uh, or are they planning to just potentially cut him here at the end of the offseason? 
Yeah, Zach Taylor, we, we asked him about this yesterday in his press conference prior to the draft, and we just wanted to know a little more about Andy Dalton, if there was any decisions made. And, and he said that they still talk, they communicate, but he keeps those conversations privately with Andy. Andy hasn't said much on his end. Um, I still think there's a lot of unknowns with Andy Dalton. If you would have told me three weeks ago what to do, I'd said, you just got to release him. Right. Um, unfortunately, I know we could talk about last season in October where they could have traded mm-hmm. him and probably got more from him. And I think right now they'd probably like to have that back but they didn't do that. Um, But I think right now in the position they're in, I think they're going to see what happens draft weekend. Um, If they do have any leverage, if that fourth-round pick the Patriots got for Gronk will make a difference, if they're like, hmm, maybe we can do something with Andy Dalton, give a fourth to Cincinnati, have an extra pick, that could be a nice exchange for Cincinnati, and that would be interesting to see if they do that. But I still feel like Andy Dalton's best place, and, and I think this would happen is they release him and he goes to Jacksonville and he's reunited with Jay Gruden and Tyler Reifert. And I actually personally, a huge Andy Dalton person, um, just a great dude off the field and on it. Um, He's done amazing things for the city. I know people want to point at the playoff losses, but he still, he still did a lot of good things in the city and I root for him wherever he goes. Um, I actually hope he does go to Jacksonville and gets reunited with Jay Gruden. I want to see him and Jay together again. Um, offensively and see what happens there but I think that's the best bet if if Andy Dalton and he's he's been open up he'd opened up about this last week that he'd be open to coming back to Cincinnati and and you know kind of being more of a mentor backup to Joe Burrow and that could happen but the guy has to take a pay cut right. and I just that's just another thing like imagine losing your starting job and your employer saying you can come back but like you're you're gonna see a replacement every day and you're gonna work with your replacement every day and you're going to get paid and less money. Less, yeah. Um, um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a decision. Or he could just say, I would rather you release me. Right. You know what? I don't want to pay cut. I would rather you release me. We just say, you know, goodbye to each other. It was great. It's almost, I was telling Tyler Dragon yesterday on, on our podcast on Cincinnati.com. It, it's just like a public breakup. It's a public breakup between two people that, like, his replacement <laughs> right. is getting drafted on Thursday night. And, like, <laughs> could you imagine coming back? Like saying, okay, yeah, this is cool. I'll be the backup mentor. But he's such a good dude that he would do it. It's just, it's it's an interesting thing because I don't know. At, at, towards the end of last season when these quarterback jobs started to get, you know, fill up, where was he going to go? But I, I, I think there's still time, the virtual offseason. Actually, I feel like that benefits him a little bit. Some would disagree. But mm-hmm. with, with injuries could happen, learning an offense for an NFL head coach. I mean, Bill Belichick might look at him and say, look, this guy could really learn our offense. He's a smart dude. He gets right. it. We could plug him in. He could be our starter for now and, and maybe be a mentor to the guy on the bench. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Jacksonville looks at him as he could be a starter, and it really just depends on how coaches look at it. Um, but right now, he's under contract with Cincinnati. I don't see that lasting, but, you know, they're, they're going to play the game and see what happens, and if anybody offers them anything on draft day, it could come into play. Yeah, he had a, a, a great season with Gruden, so that would be a good reconnection down there in Jacksonville, especially with Eifert. I know they're all, they're good buddies, and they definitely have had some great connections in the end zone, so that would be a good little reconnection there. So one thing we like to do, like we mentioned here um, at the end of the, our little interviews, is play a fun game with our guests. So we have a special Cincinnati edition of a game we have called the Wheel of Debate which is just a little um, wheel that we like to spin with some topics on it, and these are all Cincinnati-related since we're all uh, you know people from Cincinnati here. So um, let me give it a spin, and we'll see what our first question is. All righty. 
Who is your favorite Cincinnati athlete? We'll start with you, Lindsay. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say someone, and people are going to be like, why didn't you think it was this guy? Can it be somebody who I didn't cover? Oh, yeah, anybody you want. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go with Corey Dillon. Oh, um, right. I, I, and wow. the reason I'll give you the reason behind this, and just because I feel terrible to do it to someone like I covered, because you know, just interviewing different people, Andrew Overth would probably be my backup of someone okay. I've covered. <laughs> but um, I would definitely say Corey Dillon because when I was a kid, I went to the Bengals um, Denver Broncos game with my dad, right. and the Bengals were really, really, really terrible that year. <laughs> and my brothers didn't want to go. My dad was like, "Do you want to go?" Because they have season tickets, they've had them my whole entire life. And right. I was like, "Yeah, I want to go. That would be so much fun." Like, let's go um and i wasn't even a sports fan i was in junior high i think it was in sixth grade um <laughs> so i went with him and i was like this is so much fun i love this i love football this is gonna be my thing i want to work in football and that game was really a game changer because he broke their yards rushing record and i'll always remember like oh, wow. the theater getting poured on him um and then i got to interview him a couple years ago he was in cincinnati right. for the 50th anniversary and i told him i was like look you were like my dude like you're the reason i love sports and you're kind of we're a game changer and i know you know you've left on a bad note in cincinnati but like i was so happy to see you go get your super bowl ring and i remember him telling me because i was like when you came back to cincinnati for the anniversary because i mean he had to kind of mend his relationship with cincinnati you know right. what said he like famously said like i would rather flip burgers than play for them yeah i remember that it was just well i asked him i was like did you bring your super bowl ring back to be like look what i did and he said no he said i'll never do that it's it's in california in a safe and he's like i've never you know i never want to show them like look look what I did without you guys, and I, I went on to win a Super Bowl. He's like, I was happy I did, but, like, he just kind of learned from that. And, right. Um, you know, he, he doesn't feel, he doesn't, you know, have any bad feelings towards Cincinnati or anything like that because he, he remembers the good times here, and I just feel like that was just a really mature conversation that I had with him. But, yeah, he was a game changer for me personally. I know that's a long answer. But no, that's you know. awesome. That's a really cool story. Um, so I'll go next here real quick. My um, uncle has season tickets as well. So my favorite Cincinnati athlete would be uh, Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. I loved all the end zone touchdown dances and all the the antics and the you know the Hall of Fame jacket. You know, a little out of place maybe, but it was I saw thought it was awesome in the moment for sure. So um, Chad is definitely one of my favorite athletes just because of all the the antics and the you know the list in the locker room and stuff. I'll pass it off to you, Dylan. Here, who is your favorite Cincinnati athlete? Yeah, so I would probably have to say, I mean, just like first name that comes to comes to my mind is Brandon Phillips. Just the way, oh, yeah. I mean, just the way he has his bat, you know, over his shoulder, just kind of hunched over the plate, like, all right, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. Um, I don't know, just the way he plays, he's a special dude off the field as well. Um, growing up, there was a field that I actually played at because it was uh, Brandon Phillips' field. Oh, uh, cool. I knew it was him because he donated a couple fields to the city, uh, throughout the city, and team I was playing against it was their home field so it was pretty cool just being there Brandon Phillips I mean those Reds teams weren't very good but he was one of the highlights um, one of the good things about them so I'm actually uh, all Cleveland all Tampa sports fan but I mean I'm a Cincinnati you know home and grown so I'm definitely happy that things are going well when they are but um, you know at the same time I'm not actually a fan so it's like you know yeah, it's a little different. For yeah, sure. but um, so I mean, as far as the athletes, like significance-wise, um, he was on FSO, you know, Ohio all the time. Right. So that's what you know. I'd watch on you know Channel Forty Three with Time Warner. So. 
So, um, <clears throat> I know, uh, I'm not sure if you'll have a similar answer, Doge. I know you're an actual Cincinnati fan, Cincinnati <laughs> native. Um, <clears throat> so who is your favorite Cincinnati, uh, athlete? Uh, there's, there's a lot to pick from. Um, but I, I think probably the top one, uh, is actually going to be Barry Larkin. Oh yeah. Good one. Just a guy that was devoted to the city. Absolutely loved Cincinnati and the, the Reds organization. And just obviously having the success he did in the 90s and then being able to continue his career for as long as he did. And I was actually at the game in 2004 when he announced he was going to be retiring uh, to the crowd. They took him out and they put him up between like home plate and the third base deck up top and uh, had him announce to the fans there. So it was a really cool experience. Um, a guy that just devoted his whole career uh, to the Reds. And uh, I, I love that guy for sure. Uh, he's, he's one of my top guys. Uh, there's so oh, many though. I wish I, could, I wish I could give up some honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Those we'll, are good choices. Any quick, Lindsay? Any honorable mentions from you? I know you said Whitworth, but are there any other uh, from any other sports that you have favorite athletes from? You know what? I'll, I'll stick with football right now, just because it's timely. Um, right. I'll have to go with the easy softball route, and I would say Andrew Whitworth. He was definitely just I, what I love about him. And you know, great pick. Currently, currently, I would say Carlos Dunlap. But the reason I say that is because no matter what, no matter what happened on the field or like how bad the week was, they were still available and they made themselves right. available and they were they talked to us and they didn't really have to. Um, That's awesome. He's just yeah. a total pro. Total pros. So. Yeah, Whitworth is the man. It was such a bummer we had to let him go, but I'm glad he's seeing some success over there still. So, um, let's do uh, let's do one more spin here, and then we'll let you go if you don't mind. That's fine. Oof. Skyline, Gold Star, or neither? Okay, so this is this isn't popular. Um, but I, lo- <laughs> oh, I love no. Skyline. I love, love, love Skyline. And it's nothing against Gold Star, but if someone told me about going to Gold Star or Skyline, I'd say Skyline. Uh, but I get the weirdest thing. So I like their chili right. and spaghetti, but okay. I will just get the chili spaghetti. Like, I won't get cheese on it. Huh. Interesting. Which is really bizarre, and I think a lot of people get it for the cheese, and I'm always like, no cheese. I just and I, don't, I just don't like cheese. It's very, it's just in a whole other conversation. I just don't like it. Sure, um, sure. Right. So it's not popular, and I'm always embarrassed to say that's what I like at Skyline. That's all right. I'm, I'm, I know I'm Team Skyline. We had that uh, in Oxford where I went in Miami, and we've just kind of been around my house. So that's what I've, I've had. Um, so I would get that. But I, I know I'm a cheese guy, so I would definitely get cheese on mine. Um Dylan, are you Skyline Gold Star? Neither. What do you have here? I'm impartial. I mean, so growing up, uh, I remember Gold Star had like waffle fries that were really good. And I remember that was like a huge thing where like I didn't really care about the, I mean, like the conies were whatever, you know, with the chili. Like I was too young to know like a difference really. Like I didn't have it often enough to the point where I would like know, I guess. But then once I got older, like, I'm kind of just impartial. Like, it's kind of just whatever I have a, you know, taste for, like a mood, whatever's closer, I guess, or like, (laughs) um, just situational, uh, awareness, you know, depending on the, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I know some people who only get like wraps from Skyline. So that's why I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say that, uh, Lindsay, that you only get wraps or like Mm -hmm. a, Totally different, off the wall, you know, something just like, oh, okay. Like, right. the, what do they call, like, um, they have, like, Fritos or something, or, I don't know, they have, like... 
I'm not sure what that is, no. Rolita. I don't know. Like Gold Star has these like little like Chilitos. Little, yeah, Chilitos. Oh, Chilitos. They okay. have some I know it's like something Eatos, but Interesting. <laughs> something Eatos. <laughs> I don't know. So Doge, what about you, my man? It's Skyline all the way. So it's a popular opinion here on the podcast, Lindsay. Right. Yeah, we're all team Skyline <laughs> like here. It. Right. I get a I get a weird order too. I, everyone likes the conies, like with the hot dogs and the chili and the cheese, but I just oh. get the chili cheese sandwiches with with no hot dogs. So they just put a little bit of cheese down, chili, and then cheese again, and I get it mustard, no onions. So whenever I you say that, what? people look at me like that's weird, but it's, <laughs> it's on there. It's on the menu. <laughs> get what you want. That's right. what I think. Get exactly. what you want. Whatever you like, go get it. And that's totally fine. What's interesting, it's funny you guys just said that because I have my Twitter open just in case anything happens right now. And Skyline uh, just said something about Joe Burrow. So they've got to talk Joe Burrow into liking Skyline. Yeah, I know he's got to get. Yeah, he's got to get going on that. Yeah, he's he got. They're gonna have to be a, a big fan. sponsor or something, you know. <clears throat> but it's so with the uh, with those sandwiches. So we did a refugee soccer tournament, uh, Lindsay, oh, yeah. a couple times, right? Um, so it's a since I don't know if you probably haven't heard about it. It's a pretty small thing, but um, it's a refugee soccer tournament, and two years in a row consecutively, we um, put together a friend group of ours through a contact I know uh, that I worked with and they organized this tournament and we were the U.S. representative uh, team. So like we were USA right. in, this, in this tournament playing against Mumbai, Congo, all sorts of different teams um, and refugees. So it was pretty cool. Well, during this tournament, they serve Skyline and, I, and that's the first time I ever knew about them serving it without a hot dog in it because right. I bit into it and... Just the chili cheese sandwich. It was the strangest, like, sensation. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, Just I, get what you want. Yeah. Get what you want. Whatever you like. And and they've probably heard it all. That's the funny thing. Every time I go there, I'm like, hey, I know this is bizarre. Right. Chili cheese. And they're like, it's fine. It's cool. You don't have to get it. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> right. They're like, people do it weirder, I'm sure, you know. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, just last real quick one here. What's your, you know, your takeout Tuesday or what's your... Like local supporting business food that you would recommend uh, people try here in Cincinnati if they're looking for something new. Uh, like, to a, do, to... like a quarantine food that you've been going right. to or something. Like a secret food place that you like to go to in Cincinnati. If you, you can... Sounds like you're from here, so. So, you know what? I actually live in northern Kentucky, so okay. um, which is pretty yes. much Cincinnati, um, as Woo. you guys know. Um, so I love the Cub, love in Covington, and right. I live really close to Libby's. It's like a southern comfort food. Okay. Um which is really something I shouldn't go to a lot because it's a lot of food. Uh, but it's so cool. It's over where I live um, near Braxton Brewery. And I absolutely love it. You can just walk up to the garage door at a safe distance and they'll have your takeout for you. And I just absolutely love it. It's good food. It's it's breakfast for dinner or, you know, just that southern oh, comfort. Yeah. Just really good, sure. good portions of food. So I say Libby's. Um, it's actually only been here for maybe almost two years, but okay. I really like it. That sounds delicious right now. I'm definitely working up a little appetite here for dinner. So. <laughs> right, and then grab a Braxton beer. You know, right? Yeah. Yes. You're good. Yes, Team Braxton. I live right. I live right next to Mad Tree, so it's uh, it's an easy walk over there. Um, oh, I love, I love it over there. It's yeah. so pretty. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome, especially right now. Like we got some sun. It's like you know, it's starting to the flowers are starting to bloom a little bit here. Cincinnati's starting to yeah. Hopefully, we can open up here soon. But hopefully, but. soon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm hoping. I mean, I I know how everyone feels about it, but I'm fingers crossed at a safe safe distance and everything like that. Maybe we can get football started. So absolutely, we'll see. Hopefully, so. 
Well, we want to thank you again for uh, coming on here and uh, you know joining the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Is there anything uh, that you would like to plug or promote here um, at the end, uh, just so everybody knows what you're up to or what you've been doing lately? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't care, just over on TinSider.com, um, just been talking to people who have been close with Joe Burrow, just some quick Zoom fun interviews, and uh, we'll actually hear if they pick Joe Burrow, uh, which is going to happen. I'm just right. going to say if for everyone else out there, if there's anyone doubting. Uh, we'll hear from Zach Taylor and the number one pick tomorrow night, and I'll have that conversation up on Cincinnati.com, but make sure you're cool. following along on Twitter. It'll be an exciting night, and it's pretty cool to see Cincinnati so hyped about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for joining, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for being on the clubhouse. No problem. Thanks for asking me. Thanks, have- Thanks, guys. You have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned for more content as we've got something else good cooking up for you here later in the week. We really appreciate it. This is the clubhouse.